From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Since the early days of cinema, action-adventure films have transported and invigorated audiences around the globe. I feel the need, the need for speed. Get off my plane. This is Sparta! I'll be back. The name's Bond. James Bond. While the movies have changed, the staying power of any great flick comes down to the story. And to unpack the art and craft of making these stories, we are sitting down with a Hollywood industry veteran. Atlanta native Michael Lucker has written more than 30 feature screenplays for studios all over Hollywood. He's now back in Georgia teaching film studies at the University of North Georgia and Emory University and Reinhardt University and is author of Crash Boom Bang, How to Write Action Movies. And he's joining us in the studio. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Crash, bang, boom. That's a heck of a title, I would say. Thank you. I can thank my publisher for uh, urging me to come up with it. <laughs> when I first came up with a book idea, I uh, pitched uh, the idea of screenwriting 101, how to write movies. Right. And he told me that that wouldn't sell. He said, you need an angle. And I said, what kind of angle? And he said, well, ask your 21-year-old self what book it is you wish you had when you were growing up and starting out in the film industry. And I came up with that, Crash Boom Bang. It's like swinging in on a rope right there. Exactly. <laughs> well, so you were as a staple of the action-packed superhero genre, of course, the origin story. So I want to know more about your origin story. When did watching movies first grab you? Do you remember? Uh, it grabbed me at Perimeter Mall, actually, <laughs> out in uh, sort of the Shambly Dunwoody area growing up in Atlanta. I, w I was a wee tyke and shuffling in there to escape the woes from the outside world. And um, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was a kid. And I never forget walking out of the theater that night thinking that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. And then from there, I uh, set off on a course. I started writing all through high school, went off to college and studied film in Boston and moved out to L.A. and uh, began my career. Began your career working with Steven Spielberg, the very director of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's not lost on me. Uh, <laughs> How did that happen? Well, believe it or not, I was uh, 21, penniless, stumbling around the streets of Los Angeles right after college trying to find a gig. And I stumbled into uh, a bookstore and found the Hollywood Creative Directory. And in it, it had the... Uh, names and addresses and phone numbers of all the people I wanted to work for. And I wrote a hundred letters uh, to everybody that I had in mind, everybody that, you know, I dreamed of ever working for. And from those hundred letters, I got one interview, and that was with Amblin Entertainment, Stevens Company. They interviewed 30 people. They hired me. And uh, within a week, they said, Stevens' assistant's leaving. Would you like the job? Wow. And I said, why not? And uh, so I met Stephen on a Friday, and on Monday I started on um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, the irony of it is too beautiful. It is. Uh, it's, it's serendipitous, for sure. Wow. So what was that like working for him? You know, this director that you had venerated that had really lit the fire within you. It was a dream come true. I mean, I was very fortunate. 
it was hard work. It was long hours, but I uh, learned a lot. What did, what did you learn from him, like observing him as a filmmaker and as a businessman? Because as an assistant, you're getting a, a full view, I would imagine. You're right. I um, learned to listen. And as Stephen says, it's not only listening to others around you and employing the best opinions of the smartest people that you can surround yourself with, but also listening to your own intuition, the voice within, and trusting that to make you know, good decisions going forward. So you left there, and then you started working as a screenwriter. That's a, you know, you had this stable job with the, a titan of Hollywood. That's a pretty scary jump. Yeah, my father was not happy about the fact that I told <laughs> I was leaving Stephen. I felt um, it wasn't the right place for me. And um, I wanted to write. I wanted to tell stories. And I didn't have much time to write because I was working 80 hours a week there. And so I left and um, I started writing scripts. And I quickly went broke. And I fell on my face and I got back up. And I got a job at Disney working in creative affairs. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for a year and a half working for some other intelligent folks. And I was writing day and night or and lunch breaks until I finally got a script that broke through. I got an agent and I got an option. I quit my job, moved to the beach, and, and labeled myself a screenwriter. <laughs> you also worked, besides Disney, Wes Craven, the, the fantastic cult horror film director. So quite a range, it looks like, there. So I'm sure that everybody comes to you and says, I have a great idea for a movie. What, what do you tell them when they say that to you? What's funny is they often offer to give it to you for free. All you have to do is write it, and they <laughs> promise they'll split it 50-50 with you. <laughs> That's generous. Right? But as I, I teach and uh, we learn as we write that the writing, the craft, the work of it is, you know, what it's all about. And so it takes time to understand how stories are told, how movies are put together, how characters are woven, how themes are imparted. Um, and do that well, concisely, creatively, within the boundaries of you know, proper screenwriting. So I encourage them to um, take a workshop, take a class, read a book, um, read a script, watch movies with a, a whole new light. But what they often find is thinking you can write a script and having a great idea on a cocktail napkin and actually you know, sitting down and typing out 120 functional pages are very different. I'm speaking with screenwriter Michael Lucker. He teaches screenwriting workshops here in Georgia and all over. He's also written a book on the subject. It's called Crash Boom Bang, How to Write Action Movies. So you've not only written scripts, but you've written this book for people, you know, one of the things that they can consult. So let's talk a little bit about action movies. What makes a great action movie and what stands out about this genre from others that you've written about? Well, I think the tenets of good stories remain uh, largely the same, handed down from Aristotle and you know, put into action, if you will, by storytellers and playwrights and filmmakers of all genres. It's interesting. A lot of people think that what makes great action movies are the big explosions, mm -hmm. the big twists, the high-end spectacles, which you know, electrify us in the movie theaters. I think that's kind of the easy stuff to do. Really? What's hard to do in action movies especially is create characters that we invest in, that we care about, and um, tell stories that are going to lift our audience up and make them look at themselves uh, and others around them and the world that they live in in a different way.
Yeah, so so when I'm watching the action movie, that's that high pitch, you know, you're watching the, the car chase or somebody leap across skyscrapers and onto the next skyscraper. So I don't necessarily think about character. That's a shame. And I, I think uh, we should all endeavor to try and change that. Um, yeah, we're excited by uh, those moments and we feel the rush, you know, in the theaters when we see all those fantastic things happening. But the only reason that we should be invested in the hero actually making it across the crevice or up over the building or out of the airplane alive is because um, we like them. Yeah, you care. We, we I care guess about them, invested. and we're hoping that they return to you know the person that the, that they love. So, what are your go-to action films to teach from? Die Hard, unquestionably, remains um, one of the, the, the main go-tos because when it came out at the time, it broke the mold in a variety of ways. The way that the story is uh, crafted on top uh, is very clear and uh, very simple, which I think in most action movies um, they are. It's about one hero trying to get his girl out of a building. And when he does, the movie's over. What's happening underneath that is uh, the fact that you know John McClane, Bruce Willis's character, mm -hmm. um, is a broken man with self-esteem and ego issues that have gotten in the way of a functional relationship, and uh, he has to fix those, mend those, in order to uh, transform, in order to a take the terrorist down, and b to get his girl back. Okay, so Die Hard is one. Um, others that I'm thinking of, what works for you? The sort of Jason Bourne movies? I love that... the Jason Bourne movies. I think they're fantastic. And they're incredibly simplistic as well. Um, but they put so much time, effort, energy into crafting powerful scenes and into extraordinary production value. In essence, Jason Bourne's journey is to uh, find out who he is. And if you remember the, the original uh, Jason Bourne um, story, he had amnesia. And he was just trying to find out um, who he was in the world and where he belonged, which is, I think, in part, you know, what we're all going through on this planet, you know, trying to figure out who we are and what we're supposed to do. You're bringing up something that I noticed in the book. There are a lot of, besides that, you know, the how-tos and really walking through the paces of dialogue and scene setting and and peeling away the onion of the story, I think is what you call it in the book. There's also your own little personal anecdote. So you are, you know, you're walking the talk, I suppose, that the idea of who you are as a person goes into the film in the same way who we are as viewers goes into the film. But tell me about that decision to write those little anecdotes, you know, to really expose yourself for, for all of the parts of you, the, the parts that don't, don't think you quite get it or feel insecure when you're thrashing through it. Sure. I don't know if that was born out of my teaching experience or not, but I wanted the idea of becoming a professional screenwriter to seem achievable to everyone. I did it from growing up in Chambly, Georgia. Um, and I think that um, knowing that uh, you know, there's strengths and weaknesses that you have that will allow you to uh, break in, but also the fact that um, I wanted all my students to feel as though they could become screenwriters. And uh, knowing that um, there are pitfalls out there and they can be overcome is one thing that's important for them to understand. Knowing that there are high points and low points of the industry is um, essential for anybody to know trying to break into it. 
Well, let's let's talk about a scene from a, a, a great scene from a film. Here's a clip from the 2000 film Gladiator. Ridley Scott directed it. This is starring Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix. How dare you show your back to me, slave? You will remove your helmet and tell me your name. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Commander of the armies of the North, General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. (laughs) What's interesting about Gladiator is that it takes the typical hero transformation and inverts it in such a way that Maximus never really transforms. He is an incredible hero, an incredible soldier, an incredible father, an incredible incredible husband from the get-go. But as a result of all that, he's plucked out of his safety zone and put into the middle of the Colosseum and and, and forced to fend for his life. It's then up to him to rely on all his resources in order to try and extricate himself from that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he does. He gives up his own life in order to do that. But what he does in the process is he changes Rome. He changes the world around him. He changes the lives of all those around him. And I can think of nothing more heroic than leaving the world a better place than, than you found it. And one question I have about, you know, technology in films that, you know, so many action films and other films are made in front of green screens and all of the effects are added later. This is something that there are other directors that have criticized, other screenwriters who have criticized it even very recently. As a screenwriter, when you are creating character, when you're seeing through the film, is that more or less difficult that absolutely anything is possible using special effects? It's actually one of the things that I learned working for Steven is that the imagination is the only thing that's keeping us from creating anything we want. Anything, anywhere can be done on screen. I think the trick is um, for filmmakers today to not get lost and rely on um, the green screen and on the technical aspects of it, to make, but to make sure that the story itself and the characters themselves are uh, as strong as they can be. I'm thinking of specifically of you know Scor- Martin Scorsese, the famous director, has gotten in a lot of or taken some heat for for saying that you know Marvel, the whole franchise thing, is this isn't cinema. This is predictable. It's like going to a theme park. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on that because that's something that a lot of people have complained about that the original small personal films aren't getting made because these big Hollywood blockbusters are just recycling the same old ideas. Well, having worked at a studio and worked with the studios for many years, I can assure you that they would make whatever audiences want to see. And the fact is, audiences gravitate toward these big, dynamic, spectacle movies with characters that they can care about. And with all due respect to Martin Scorsese, he just delivered a three and a half hour film, which has a few issues. And so... um, I think he could probably learn a thing or two from from Marvel. All right. So um, I can't let you go without asking your idea of the 
perfect screenplay? Is there is there one that stands out for you? I'm sure there are many. There's a lot of great ones, but I've I've long been a big fan of Shane Black's work and the original Lethal Weapon. Uh, he wrote, I believe, as a 22 or 23 year old coming out of UCLA. And it um, kind of lit the genre of action films on fire and set all the precedents you know, on their head and uh, paved a new way in crafting um, movies that had characters with flaws, issues that needed to be resolved, and, uh, and in their pursuit of them uh, led them to great transformation and ultimately to uh, great endings. One piece of advice for an aspiring screenwriter starting out. Write as often as you can and read not only screenplays, um, but books and learn how the stories are put together. Do they call you Professor Lucker? They do. Professor Lucker, thanks. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Screenwriter Atlanta native Michael Lucker, film studies lecturer at the University of North Georgia. He also teaches at Emory University and at Reinhardt University. You can find more about his book and the screenwriting workshops he teaches at screenwritersschool.com. And we're going to leave you today with an epic film classic from John Williams, The Raiders March from Raiders of the Lost Ark. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Jesse Neiswanger is our engineer. Mary Lynn Ryan is our executive producer. I'm Virginia Prescott. Thanks for your time and for listening to On Second Thought. <laughs>